Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Sherlock Holmes. I'm Sherlock Holmes. And I'm Sherlock Holmes, and also a zombie. <laughs> Let's roll. We got 14, which is a jar of pickled herring. <laughs> <laughs> I finally came prepared. I had it printed out and everything. I'm so proud of you. That was a perfect intro. <laughs> Oh boy. Do do any of us know how we're going to kick this off? No, I wish we could do mouth music. Oh, I do too. <laughs> I think that's our start. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I've got. If only one of us could beatbox. I know. Right? I would have so many dates if I could beatbox. Well, here's the thing. Justin can't. Like, mm, That's fair. I think this is our opener. I think we're in it already. I think so we're too. Already, we're already inside the episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it starts it starts with perfect music. Yes. We are serenaded into the story. Beautifully. And Justin did goof on that in the the, the Adventure Zone Zone. He's like, you know, both of us that mm-hmm. have created music, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no joke. I can't do that. I thought it was impressive. <laughs> I can't do that. Again, mouth it's, music. It's still mm-hmm. music. It's still music. It still was a mm-hmm. tune. I thought he had a small choir with him. I'm assuming it was actually just him. <laughs> so, bravo. I believe it was just him. Just your damn conductor. There was even a moment later on where uh, they, there's like, he's setting the scene. He, and you can hear music. And he's I like, thought who it was making Clint? that sound? And then I realized, oh, he I, did it. For sure. Very impressive spooky theremin effects from from Justin. He's missed his calling. Well, and Clint used to do that all the time in uh, exactly in before. I thought it was one of right, them messing me with him, and I was like, "Oh no, it's yeah." <laughs> he went back and added that. Amazing. Oh, so good. He was also doing the uh, the sound of the Sherlock Holmeses popping popping into the same dimension. Same. It was good. <laughs> this is like acapella. It's all it's a one Justin acapella group. And it's great. Can we can we start a petition for, for Justin to replace Rockapella in the Carmen San Diego movie? Absolutely we can. Yes. It's just him Change. with a Org. brightly colored shirt and a giant tie. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about these four Sherlock's and a vampire. So I genuinely didn't realize how many versions of Sherlock there were to be had. Oh, boy. Me either. That, and I was going to say, Anne, Anne, my lovely nerd. Yeah, I, did I you... guess I'm the resident Thank... expert on Sherlock Holmes's. As you tend to be. On God. many things <laughs> in, our, in our world. So were you familiar with all of their renditions? Uh, yes, with a caveat, which is that I did, I have heard of the game, the FMV game, um, Sherlock Holmes <laughs> Consulting Detective, which Justin was referencing. I have not played it, um, okay. which is mm. shameful on my part, but I, I did never, I did not play it. I'm going to have uh, to ask you to leave the now podcast. Now we circle around you saying yeah. shame. But yeah, I, I have seen, I have seen They Might Be Giants. Um, it's a, it's, it's a quite well-known film. I want to see it film. now. In, in the Sherlock Holmes fandom, it's quite well known. In fact, it was uh, mm-hmm. one of the films that Mark Gatiss, one of the co-creators of the TV, the BBC show Sherlock, uh, references frequently mm-hmm. as an influence. It's huh. very it's very interesting. I think, you know, there there are as many interpretations of Sherlock Holmes as there are Sherlock Holmes fans. Uh, they are they are just all all over the map. And actually, Travis briefly references um, something that he he misnames, which is understandable because all the titles are so similar. Um, he says the return of Sherlock Holmes. He's actually referring to a cartoon called Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd Century, which is from the late 90s um, about a, a 
like frozen and resurrected Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and his of robot course. sidekick. Oh, Watson. hold up. Oh, please. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. I did I did watch some of it at the time. I was fairly old when it was on, but uh, I did watch some of it. Um, I seem to remember being kind of offended because I was kind of a classicist <laughs> in terms of my Sherlock Sherlock Holmes fandom. <laughs> Young Anne was like, this is beneath me. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I'm a big, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Brett fan, a Jeremy Brett fan. That's how I like my Sherlock. I'm so glad that, like, you reminded us in our group chat. You're like, P.S., like, I'm a Sherlock fan. I was like, oh, thank God. Because I have seen literally none of the uh, Sherlock version. Now that we you have, have to here. circle you and say shame. <laughs> I think the closest I have to Sherlock Holmes is there was this anime (laughs) called Case Closed, a.k.a. Detective Conan. And uh, I have to just take a quick step. And this is going to take us wildly off topic. Uh Did you know that that shit has been on for the past like 22 years? I did. I did know. It's it's crazy, though. That's wild. Still going? Yeah. Like, it is still going. And it started in 1996. And to that, I also say, why did we only get one season then? It's a mystery. That's my, there, and I'm out. That's all I've got um, for this discussion on Sherlock Hold Holmes. on, I'm not done. Come Can you back. remind me? Yeah. Is that the one where he is both a child and a teenager? He was, he was a, yeah, he was like a roguish teen, uh, in, like, uh, Sherlock Holmes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he got turned into a kid somehow. I forget. Okay. But I will say, when Ango first showed up on the scene. Oh, yeah. My mind went to little tiny Conan for sure. from the anime <laughs> case closed. I wouldn't doubt for a second if Griffin was also somewhat thinking of that when he created yeah. him. He is yeah. a giant nerd, so I certainly hope so. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> well, then that kind of ruins my next question, which was going to be, which Sherlock Holmes would you prefer to be? Well, here, you guys go and answer first. Uh, I guess I have to go first if I'm... If I'm the yeah, answer. please ah, take us man. in. This is tough. I, I mean, I, I have some favorites. I think whenever I'm asked this question in any serious fashion, my answer is always Jeremy Brett. So I've got to I've got to go with Jeremy Brett. Now, which one is he? Uh, that was from um, the British produced television series that ran in the early to mid '90s um, before Brett okay. unfortunately passed away at a fairly young age. Oh no. Um, yeah, I mean he he's the the perfect balance of the sort of detached intellectualism and the unexpected heart that I think is the, the core mm. of Sherlock Holmes, none of which was particularly covered in his arc, <laughs> which is fine with me. Because um, I'm also, I'm, I mean, I also like the, the silly iterations. Um, I mean, I, I loved young mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes as a kid. So, you know, I, I, I can do Goofy too. I like, I like every version, I think, really. Any, any way that you can play with that concept is, is interesting to me. Excellent. Brittany, which Sherlock would you be? Oh, for sure, Wishbone. You had that one in the holster. Also, that's such a good answer. Right. Tell our listeners, in case anybody isn't familiar with Wishbone. Well, Wishbone was a little puppy <laughs> who would tell us stories. He would explain classic literature to children growing up mm. or practically adult teenagers who thought it was fun to watch. <laughs> he played everybody, and including Sherlock Holmes. So I figured... What better than a little... I can't remember what kind of dog he was. I think he was like a little Jack Russell, maybe? I think he was a little Jack Russell. He was a terrier of sorts. He's a very smart dog. Let's know this. But yeah, having all those dog powers as well as your Sherlock powers, mm-hmm. yes, please. 
And that's the important thing because he's very smart and can still communicate. Mm -hmm. So like we get this really great classic Sherlock from Anne and then we get this like really, ooh, unexpected Sherlock. Also, low to the ground can smell everything. Mm-hmm. And Nell, who would you choose? <laughs> See, I thought I was going to get to be the wild card here, but Bernie blew me out of the water with <laughs> an even better answer. My closest thing was, all I could think of is there's this episode of My Little Pony where Rarity has to solve a murder and she like dresses up like Sherlock Holmes and has Twilight be her Watson. And so that was going to be my choice. That's I was so going to be good. the Rarity Sherlock. No, I love that. <laughs> I think mean, nailed so it. So it's Brett and two animal sidekicks, but like one of them is a talking pony and one of them is a like mind reading dog. I guess he doesn't mind read. He just speaks through. His... I was going to say, does he read mind? I don't remember that. He does now. (laughs) (laughs) It depends on what story we're in. I wouldn't be surprised if he could. Very smart dog. I think think basically there's no way to have multiple Sherlock's (laughs) in the same storyline without it immediately going off the rails. I think we are discovering this for ourselves as well. (laughs) I would listen to this this case that we just began here. I'd want to see how that all plays out. And, you know, and having to be the character. Because not only are you Sherlock Holmes, you're whoever is playing Sherlock Holmes. Which I think the boys did beautifully. Oh, they nailed it. (laughs) I loved Trav's... Insistence that the RDJ Sherlock is in love with the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock. And I was like, yeah, I bet you just made a lot of people very oh, happy. For sure. Like, what do I have to roll to kiss you? Or what did he even say? It was just right off the bat. Yeah, I have to Not roll even to, kiss. Yeah. to make him kiss, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's obviously had at least had some encounters with the Sherlock Holmes fandom because this has absolutely come up a lot. <laughs> so it sounds like we fit in here perfectly as well, us here on Romancing the Zone. Which Sherlocks are going to smooch which other <laughs> Sherlocks? Fortunately, there are no losers in this game. Absolutely not. <laughs> are there any winners? We're not sure. Maybe <sighs> Everybody wins. We, we won. As an audience, we won. <laughs> this is true. We all win together. I also love, Trav had so many good moments in this episode. I also just want to say, like, as I was re-listening to it, I had to make a note when he says that (laughs) when they, first of all, they make a quick joke about an American Girl casino, which would be amazing, (laughs) and I wish that that is what had happened. Um, But then Trav says that they're just beautiful. Like, American Girl dolls are just beautiful. And I was just like, Trav, you're so sweet. All the time. I bet, bet BB's gonna have some. Maybe maybe with a tiny roulette wheel at some point when they release the casino playset. Please oh, and thank you. Trust. We're wildly off topic again. <laughs> well, I mean, in fairness, this episode begins bizarrely. And the, I think the entire <laughs> point is even just... even more bizarrely. Just, I mean, it, it just goes off the rails. Just completely off the rails and into space. Orbits the Earth. And then into another dimension. Into what your mind castle... Mind cavern? What is yeah. it? Mind palace? Mind palace. Mind palace. Mind cavern? <laughs> I have a mind cavern. There's not a lot going on in there, but it's pretty big. Pretty dank. So, yeah, I don't really have... I really tried to take notes, and at one point I just threw the pen down. I was like, this I is think, not... No. Um, it was an exercise in futility. True. Yeah. I will say, I have one timestamp at minute 24, second 39... It's the cutest thing because they all sigh at the same time 
in the same way. <laughs> and I was like, this is so adorable, not just because they're all family, but because they're all playing Sherlock. And that's like the thing that binds them. <laughs> <laughs> They'll go, hmm. Like, that is perfect. It's such a cute moment. So I was like, what second is that? Writing that down. Check it out. It's adorable. I think this th- this whole scenario was weirdly a good fit for them because you can tell mm-hmm. from the opening that Justin is is really genuinely maybe trying to paint a word picture and he just cannot <laughs> get through anything without yeah. being interrupted. So I think the concept of them all being Sherlock Holmes's trying to interrupt and one up each other in the in the game kind of fits with exactly how they were handling Justin trying to DM for sure. Well, and of course, this all started as a joke that Justin made offhand a year ago That's during the The Adventure insane. Zone for the Max Fun Drive a year ago, which is actually very cute. And I would encourage everybody to go back and re-listen to that one. It's um, right before the Stolen Century starts in Balance. Mm-hmm. It's that That's the episode it's in. And it's near the end because it's when everybody, they're kind of talking about mini arcs and trying out mini arcs. And it's very sweet because when you go back and listen, Clint says he wants to do a superhero thing. And Trav says he wants to do a Western. And Griff says he wants to do... A supernatural Buffy style monster of the week story. And of course, listening back to it now, you're like, oh my God, (laughs) we got all of those. We did. And then Justin says, very jokingly, (laughs) he wants a story where they are Sherlock, but they're all Sherlock. And one of them is also a vampire. And here we go. Amazing. Well, and I wonder how long it was between when Justin mentioned the idea and when the game came to life. Well, maybe I can help answer that question. (gasps) <gasps> you guys, it's Andrew J. Young, creator of Four Sherlock Holmes and a Vampire, who is also one of the aforementioned Sherlock Holmes. How are you? Well, I'm doing great tonight. How are you? Oh, you know, we're doing great, talking about our new favorite episode of The Adventure Zone. So I'm a little starstruck. <laughs> You're not talking about The Adventure Zone Elementary, the bonus episode, are you? <laughs> oh, we are. And it's so great to have you here. We all have questions we would love to ask. Uh, let's go ahead and start with Brittany's. How long was it between that episode airing and you writing this game? So uh, I did. I looked this up uh, just the other day because somebody said they didn't remember him saying it. And so I looked up like the uh, the Adventure Zone, uh, the the Adventure Zone zone where he said it. Yeah. Which released on the 30th of March last year. And I think I had it finished by the 4th of April. Wow. So four days. Oh, so you were on it. I was very excited about this idea. (laughs) Yeah, I I do remember Justin making this joke and just quietly thinking, (laughs) oh, man, I hope somebody follows through on that, (laughs) which I was certainly not qualified to do. It was such a good idea. And it was and I knew that he said it as a as a goof up. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, I I personally am inspired. I have to make this game and then I have to pressure Justin. I'm going to send him a copy (laughs) of this game and just hope that he plays it so you did you send it to him like right away and it just kind of when did you know that they were going to do this <laughs> uh so i i sent it to him probably a week or two after i had to build up some courage to sure. actually <laughs> find the p.o box and mail it out and then at like mid a little after midnight on april 1st i got a <laughs> notification that on reddit that someone had said oh i know who wrote that game it was at that one gm i was like what and i went on and clicked it and they were talking about the bonus episode and that the boys had played for Sherlock Holmes and a vampire who was also one of the aforementioned Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> but it was also April Fool's Day. Oh, and so no. I was panicking. 
I panicked for like 45 <laughs> minutes online just trying to search for anyone else who could confirm that this was true because oh. at that point I was not a Max Fund donor. That is that is the worst possible day. That would have been a great ruse to get you to be a Max Fund donor. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I like, first well, thing, I first thing uh, the next day I was <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I had no idea whether they were going to do it or not. I didn't hear. I mean, that was fine. Like I I sent sure. it to them out of like hoping that, that he would at least enjoy it at, at the very least that he would enjoy it and mm-hmm. at best that they would actually maybe play it uh so yeah i did not expect like a heads up like oh we're gonna play this thing and no i was thrilled that they played it and then extra thrilled that they read the whole byline and fantastic oh for sure so i actually have another question sure i am new to the concept of one page rpgs but you've made quite a few so <laughs> how long have you been doing these and what inspired that uh, so I've been, let's see what, gosh, 2018. Um, I've been doing these since 2015. Oh, okay. Um, so not that long in the grand scheme of things, certainly. November is National Game Design Month, and it's mm-hmm. celebrated by, like, almost no, almost no one. <laughs> um, but I stumbled across it and said, well, I don't have the wherewithal to write a full role-playing game. But sure. what if I wrote, like, a really short one just every day? Like, for National Novel Writing Month, you just write some words every day. Yeah. Instead of I can write a single one every day. Now, that was a a goal I d- could not possibly have done. Right. <laughs> I can't do the novel goal, so I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. But I got out a handful of, I got, like, 30 ideas, and I got about five or six ones that I fleshed out to full one-page RPGs. Hey, still impressive. Yeah, it's just such, a, like, a great model for me. It, it makes me focus on a single, like a single theme or a single mechanic. Um, something like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, you can do anything. Like sure. it, it covers social interaction and puzzles and combat and magic and mysteries and just everything under the sun. Right. But with a one-page RPG, you really only have room for a single theme and like a single mechanic. And they have to work pretty well together or it just falls apart instantly. So when you're when you're coming up with an idea when you're when you're sitting down and you say well I I know I want to do this as a as a one page one and not something really massive, are you working with a setting first or a mechanic that you want to use first or does it vary? Yeah, that's a great question. It it varies. I usually have just one. Either I have a, like a cool setting idea, mm-hmm. like for instance, what if there were four Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> and actually, that's a bad example because I got both. Justin gave me both parts of it that's true but yeah i usually start with either a theme or a mechanic um because i've got a really interesting mechanic like the first one i did uh the mechanic i thought was what if uh, you were like adding to a character portrait or adding to a a sort of um prop on the table mm-hmm. um and that 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 was just the idea of like what if i kept adding to a character and that's why i thought how could you add to a character portrait over the course of a game like without like and something that anybody can do because i can't draw Mm-hmm. So the first thing that came to mind was, well, you could add, like, you could like corrupt your character. You could add like tentacles and weird junk on your. Oh. So that was that was the impetus for tentacular spectacular. <laughs> um, Excellent name. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you. Because all you have to do, uh, two of the mechanics is you add something to your character sheet and it's easy to add, and the other two mechanics are you add something to this paper in the middle of the table, and so that just grew out of I have a good mechanic. Now what's an idea that goes with it? Whereas something like the catapult run, I was just like, I want to make a fantasy version of the cannonball run. It was just a goof. It was just a, a dumb idea with no mechanics uh, at first. And so I just built out from there. Um, had you played a lot of one page RPGs before you started designing them? Um, no, none. Oh. Not any. 
Interesting. Did you create the concept? <laughs> I'm I'm still so brand new to this. Oh no 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 no. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I came across the idea of like micro RPGs through um, Contessa, which okay. I don't know if you're familiar. It's a group that focuses on female and and just non-male like GMs and stuff mm-hmm. and yeah. at conventions and things. And uh, they were just had a thing on Google Plus, um, and it was like write a short RPG under some character element or some word count or maybe it was a single page and uh grant howitt uh won i believe uh that particular contest and mm-hmm. the one page rpg hero was so good uh that i was like this is it this is this is my thing this is the thing i love more than than any like this is my favorite rpg thing a one page rpg and it turned out that he is very good at it mm-hmm. uh and it turns out there are other people that are very good at it so uh grant howitt has a bunch he did one a month last year oh all year long that is <laughs> oh, they're so good too they're so good and uh john harper did uh lasers and feelings which is um it's very the layout is very densely packed that's something i i try to avoid is like it's got a very small font mm-hmm. and oh, okay uh, but it's but it's very it's a very nicely designed mm-hmm. gotcha it's just the, the font's very small um but that that game is uh, extravagant it's extremely good but yeah there's a lot of people that have been doing this for for much longer than i have um, okay but once you found it it felt like you're you felt like that was your space oh this is my jam this is my favorite thing yeah well and plus i imagine with the parameter of having to limit what you're doing to one page in a way forces you to be more creative and then not just you but the players too you have to rethink you have to find different ways of building bridges and making things work. Oh yeah, the, the like the two things that I love in creativity and in creating things is like collaboration. I always, I, I've never made anything on my own that was better than anything I've made with other people. Even yeah. like even this tangentially, where Justin was like, "Here's a here's a fun idea," and I made sure. it. I feel like it's better than the stuff that I just sat down and came up with on my own. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing is that uh, uh, limitation, mm-hmm. right? So uh, haiku. I love haiku. I'm not good. I will say I'm not good at those, but I <laughs> love it because it's, it's, you're so restricted. It's like how much story, how much interesting thing can I fit into this small space? Yeah. And uh, for one page RPGs, I think there's, it's, it's how much freedom can I fit into this for people to do their own thing or how much like story can I fit into this so that people could like really jump into it and just instantly be in. You know, you got source books and and splat books for other role playing games that are mm-hmm. a hundred, two hundred pages long that detail these huge settings and these rich worlds and everything. And Michael is like, "How much? How close can I get to that?" But with just one page. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's a brilliant little genre, and I love what they did with it. And I'm glad it was here for them to play. I I was just absolutely thrilled to hear that they played it, and then I listen, I've listened to it now. A few times <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> and it's it's i will be honest the game the game as written is tough to play i think um if you don't sort of know what you're getting into mm-hmm. i think if someone were to just sit down not having heard elementary um and not you know with experience as a, either an improv person or as a as a game master of some kind mm-hmm. i okay. think they would really struggle to play it okay um, but with i mean i wrote it for the mcelroys like i wrote it saying because I had a bunch of different mechanic ideas earlier about, how, well, how do you make sure one person is the GMO well, or the vampire? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we'll just divvy up cards. 
No, you can't divvy up cards if, if four if all four people are recording from different places. That doesn't. Oh, work. so really, really catering to this idea that the four of them would hopefully eventually play it. Yeah, it's really bespoke for them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it became an idea of like, how can I? And you know, there are other other groups that play, you know, uh, role playing games online. My own. Oh, certainly. Yeah, I mean, I I play with people, with uh, you know, just via via video call uh but yeah it became an extra limitation of i have to make sure that in the unlikely event that the macro <laughs> would play this that it would be playable mm-hmm. yeah good looking out easily accessible for what they're doing yeah uh, yeah I, it, it worked out beautifully and the fact that they were able to take it and take what is a, still a little bit of a rough rule set and make just gold Pure just gold, with gold. It. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that's the perfect word for it um i have a question do you have any dice superstitions as a GM, as a player? I know they run amok. Dice superstitions? Yeah. Hmm. Like, I don't let anybody touch my dice. They are, it is mine. Oh. Like, they did get their, not Muju, Mojo, Jojo, no. <laughs> Juju. Or Juju, Mojo. that's it. They get their bad Juju on it. I don't want that. They get that monkey from the Powerpuff Girls on it, and I don't want them anymore. I don't want that. So then... He just greasy and evil and you don't want him touching your dice it's all gooey so anybody uh dice superstitions yeah uh, not really i do have a die that i'm confident is very poorly made mm. um so because i i had a player roll with it one time and they rolled exclusively 7 14 17 and 19 hmm. like nine rolls in a row and i sat through and watched him roll it hmm so I'm fairly certain it's just a bad die. So okay. whenever I get desperate, I try and drag that out and, and hope that it's <laughs> still like wobbly and flat and messed up. So um, not like cursed bad, just... like genuinely, this is a poorly made. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's lopsided. It's, it's a poorly constructed. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I just, I've not had any, uh, yeah, I've not had any experience with like dice that are particularly good or particularly bad. Mm-hmm. Actually, some people have those rituals. That's not like, an interesting answer. Huh? Oh well, I th- I thought you'd have like, oh yeah, I never let it sit on a one, and you have to <laughs> roll it three times in your hand and then go. Am I the only one? This is a whole new side to my sister that I've never, I did not know existed. My wife does that too. She makes sure that all of her dice are sitting at the highest uh, highest number up. See, get her well, on that this call. Just sounds like common sense. Yeah, can we get her up in here? <laughs> Uh, so how how much did the gameplay happen? Well, to, to whatever extent you expected it with them, <laughs> since they they usually don't quite do what anybody expects. Did it did it go approximately what you thought was going to happen um, in terms of how they utilized the game? I think during the middle of the game, they everything went very smoothly. Um, I think you know Travis's immediate in character mistake was <laughs> was maybe not maybe not a great place to start off yeah uh but then the fact that they they were doing the clues and then i think justin piped up and said that every clue has to be more important than the mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. i think having him there as a sort of a facilitator as well as a player to sort of remind everybody hey i know we're not familiar with this game the rule is that your clue has to be 
more important than the last mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think I think that was a good mechanic. Yeah, and right. I honestly, oh, I think I disagree with them that they said that uh, that a second perfectly ripe banana could not possibly be <gasps> more too. important. And I'm like, well, wait, because but then that's it's like, why are there two? Yeah, when you've got two of something, that's that changes things. Oh my goodness, Do I'm you know questioning who loves their detective bananas? work about bananas. Mojo Jojo, guys, <laughs> it's all coming it's together. All connected. Mojo Jojo, and then let me rearrange the letters. Moriarty. <laughs> <laughs> Moriarty? <laughs> Moriarty? <laughs> we found him. Oh, hey, that reminds me, I do have another question for you. Which Sherlock would you be, Andrew? That's a fantastic question. I've been asking people that question for two weeks on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I, I got to go to, I got to turn to my boy Basil of Baker Street. Nice. The, the main character of The Great Mouse Detective. Excellent choice. That's very you good. You fit into our group. Right, a quick recap <laughs> of our Sherlock's. Oh, can and I, can which I guess? One were you? Oh, please. Because I haven't been, I haven't heard the beginning of this podcast yet. I'm going to guess uh, somebody. Uh, you may have already mentioned it. Somebody Wishbone Sherlock. Yes, from the PBS show you... Wishbone. That would be me. Are you listen? <laughs> <laughs> Is anybody Sherlock Hound from the Miyazaki series? No. No. Oh, okay. I've seen that one a lot. I've not seen that series, but I've seen people talking about that a lot. I would be insanely okay. impressed if well, you then... guessed Nils. Um, I've seen people talking about the. The Sherlock Holmes from the Phoenix Wright games. Well, there's a Sherlock Holmes in the in the Ace Attorney mm-hmm. games. Apparently, he's 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 his name is Sherlock Holmes, and he's wildly incompetent. And Phoenix Wright has to like correct him all the time. I I'm missing some games. Yeah. I gotta play those. I'll see hey. you guys later. <laughs> hey folks, there's a whole lot of Sherlock Holmes there's out lot. there. There's so there's much. So many. Like, he's in the public domain, out. and he is everywhere. Right. Bless, <laughs> bless that public domain. Get out there, publish it, guys. If you've got a funny Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> write it, get it out there. Let's do this. No one can stop you. Oh, is anybody Sherlock Holmes from Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century? No, but Was we, that the one that we, you we did bring it up. I did bring it up. I did watch it. <laughs> yes. I am familiar with it. It's so... It <laughs> that show. That show has Cyborg Watson and Lady Space Cop uh, Inspector Lestrade. Like, it's... I don't know if okay. it holds up as a good show anymore, but the concept is amazing. It is amazing. And as soon as I learned that there was a robot Watson, I was like, sign me up. Why are we still talking about this? It's, it's I don't know if it's good, but it's fun to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did look it up to see if I was remembering it correctly. And it, and it said that the guy who created it came up with the idea while he was on a skiing trip in Aspen. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Some kind of trip, certainly. I was going to say, do you mean acid instead of Aspen? Oh, there it is. There it is. And I don't even remember what Sherlock you were. Uh, Jeremy Brett from the Granada series. There we go. It is not. Oh, see, I don't even know. It's not a deep cut for for hardcore Sherlock Holmes fans, but I think it is maybe for the general public. It's very, it's very good. It's it's the closest by far to the Arthur Conan Doyle stories. I think I've just been, I think I've just been, uh, uh, like, for shame yeah i don't we know. have to I'm circle you and say shame shame it's shame. all <laughs> i brought this for myself and i richly deserve it well i'm cheating because i was in the i was pretty deep in the sherlock holmes fandom specifically the sherlock branch but sherlock holmes in general for a long long time so but well before adventure zone so she runs a sherlock holmes discord she's got the wiki page She's got her own podcast <laughs> with the Sherlock, with Anne Kern. I do not, but I am friends with the preeminent Sherlock Holmes fan podcast. <laughs> oh That's true. The Baker Street yeah. Babes? Is that what yeah. they are? That's a I super good one. name. Holy cow. That's right? a great podcast. That's a really good name. It's so good I actually remembered it. Well done, ladies. 
And then my my Sherlock was a little pony, so Oh wait, who that one what? There's an episode where Rarity, I keep saying she has to solve a murder, but I don't remember what she's <laughs> solving. Dark in the universe. Murder. <laughs> Sometimes Hasbro goes there. The episode where the, the big demon skull dude came back was pretty intensely like bad. It gets some, there's an episode that's straight up 1984 in My Little Pony, Dang. and it is brilliant. People <gasps> that don't that give that show enough credit. Uh-huh. Is that that? Oh my, that one's, yeah. That I, was a good one. Welcome to our ML podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What the Pony with your host. Four Sherlock's and a pony. He was also one of the aforementioned Sherlock's. <laughs> An open, open invitation to anybody. If anybody else plays this game, find me on Twitter, send me an email, any contact me via smoke signal or carrier pigeon. <laughs> Let me know what Sherlock Holmes you played because I, I really love to hear it. I want to know. I want to know all the Sherlock Holmes that everybody played. Yeah, right. tell us which Sherlock you would be. <laughs> all right. So how is the game actually supposed to end? Because that wasn't entirely clear to me even after listening two times. <laughs> so what's supposed to happen is that when you when you successfully <laughs> accuse the vampire yeah. or just the last Sherlock Holmes if no one's a vampire um, is that person is supposed to say aha I've solved the, the, the crime like I know who did it and then everyone is supposed to never talk about vampires for the rest of the game <laughs> which Justin tried and, to do right he, he but Griffin was very about like slaying the vampire and that's part of why that rule exists because I didn't like there's not enough room on that page for combat rules or mm-hmm. like what do you do with a vampire once you've caught them so I just decided nothing don't do anything just ignore the vampire once you've established who the vampire is that's the exciting part so now talk about who did the crime and, so, and why and everything. So the whole, the hazing and this uh, this collection of, <laughs> of Sherlock's wasn't in it. No, they came up with this sort of justification for like, why are they all, why are they all cool with the vampire on their own? Which I think is perfect. I think it's great. Much better than just killing him. <laughs> what was, no, I mean, it, what it, was the thing that even, they were chanting? Because I know that hazing sound. It was like. my hazing oh, uh, No. <laughs> I got oh, it. It's either. in my it head. Zing, it was clear. It wasn't Zing Zig, Zig Ah. That's the Spice Girl. <laughs> ziggy 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 Ziggy. Oi Oi Oi. Yeah. That, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. What's Ziggy Zaggy. Ziggy Zaggy. Ziggy Zaggy. Ziggy Zaggy. Oi Oi Oi. See, I know that, but I don't know from where. You're hazing me. Anything. Anybody. Anne. Anne. I'm just going to guess Animal House. I did not have Wild College Day, so I can't help you with this one. I thought Animal House right through her teeth. that. But it was Clint saying it, so. Animal House would have been my guess, too. I don't know. Oh, look at that. Internet, tell me. <laughs> oh, here we go. It's a German Ziggy toast. Ziggy zaggy, ziggy zaggy, oi, oi, oi. Is the ending to a song called Ein Prosit? I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. I took zero <laughs> German. Hi, how are you? I took two years. <laughs> a traditional German toast to health and well-being. Ein Prosit! I think I there heard this song. Yeah, that does sound, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I heard it in German class then. <laughs> Oh, that would make sense. What were you doing Hair in your or. German class? <laughs> you were learning drinking songs. <laughs> they were song hazing stuff. somebody. Hair had crazy times. They were all having pitchers of beer. As you do in your high school German class. It's the most German class of all. We were having margaritas yes. in my high school Spanish class. And champagne in the French class. What? <laughs> Toasts all around. Is this not how it goes? Done and done. Okay, so I have one more question for you, Andrew. If we were to play one of your games on this show, one, would we have your permission? And two, which one would you suggest? Um, first of all, you definitely have my permission. Yes. And second of all, uh, let me ask you a question. Are any of you good singers? <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> I like singing. I don't know if I'm good I have at sung it. on the podcast once. Too much acclaim. 
Okay, well, in space rock opera, you have to be able to hum or sing or whistle, like, parts of songs, because that's the mechanic. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, okay. But if you're not comfortable putting that on public on the internet, where it'll be oh, around I'll forever, do it. ever <laughs> um, you can also play Enigma LLC, which is... Um, uh, you're members of uh, your group of teenagers and talking animals who solve enigmas. Just we did it. Our Sherlock. Yeah, group we were already partly partly there one. with Jeremy Brett, <laughs> a My Little Pony, and a and a dog. <laughs> oh yeah, see, perfect. You're already well on your way. Just make your Jeremy Brett a teenager and give him a really dumb, uh, a really uh, corny 1970s era catchphrase like Zizow. <laughs> oh, and you got that all day. So it sounds like maybe we have some uh, romancing the game to look forward to in the future. But for now, Andrew, we want to thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything you would like to promote before we go? And where can people find you? Oh, well, thank you all so much for having me on. It's It's been a blast. I guess uh, if you want to buy the the two-page, quote-unquote, deluxe edition of uh, For Sherlock Holmes and a Vampire, who is also one of the aforementioned Sherlock Holmes, uh, <laughs> you can go to bit.ly slash four Sherlock's. That's just the number four Sherlock's. Um, and the deluxe edition just has, it's better formatted. The, I cleaned up the writing a little bit, and I uh, expanded the clue prompts just a smidge. Uh, there's that. And my... Dropbox, where you can find all the games for free, including the one-page version of, of Four Sherlock Holmes and a Vampire, is tinyurl.com slash that one Dropbox. Perfect. <laughs> uh, and I do a, I'm part of a podcast of my own called Lawful and Orderly. Great name. And it's a lighthearted fantasy police procedural. And it's extremely goofy. <laughs> and you can find it at dndsvu.rpg.academy. Oh, that's perfect. That's excellent. Yeah, we'll definitely be checking that out. Everyone, please go show Andrew some love. Andrew, thank you again so much for being the first guest expert on our show. And to everyone, we will check you in Kepler. That's right. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone.